0: Hello
1: and welcome to From the Rookery. And yeah, it's not a reaction podcast. As we've said, we're going to not do those the rest of the season. Uh, why, you may ask. Well, what what would we discuss? What happened? Yes. But we'll do that, of course. We went to the Bristol City game. But we don't really feel there's a thing that we can do because what we see in the game isn't going to be what we're going to see next year. It's, it's, we're not really building on stuff. So that's why we're going to stick to these. Sort of, Record them after the games. Record them in the, in the week and then just have a bit of fun to try and find something fun out of this season. My name's John, uh, and with me uh, this evening
2: is Mike. I'll cut to the chase, John. I'll tell you why we aren't doing them (laughs) straight after the game, because what's the blooming point? Same thing every week. Insipid performances from our heroes in yellow. So, yeah, that's why we're not doing them straight after the game. And like you say, we're going to try and broaden things out and uh, have a bit more fun and look at some of the bigger topics. But, yes... A very good day to you, sir.
1: Yeah, we had a uh, we had to dash off a little bit, didn't we, after game on Saturday, Michael, to see the mighty
2: storm. Hemel Stormbath will make it two to the final. So they have advanced to thirty-nine and zero in all competitive games this season in a quite extraordinary winning streak. They overcame the Reading Rockets in the uh, playoff semi-final on uh, on Saturday night. A very, very close game. They won eighty-nine eighty-six Brilliant atmosphere at a sold-out Storm Dome. Reading brought uh, over a hundred fans with them, um, which added to an incredible um, atmosphere. And yeah, this this Storm side, this Hemel Storm side, has been absolutely extraordinary this season. And uh, yeah, it was nice to have a, a, a winning double header on on uh, on Saturday. So uh, yeah, really good stuff. And also with us this evening is uh, DCW.
0: Evening. What's the the sort of name for the the seating area at the Hemel Storm uh, Arena? The left, like? the, the left, and the right. I think right. Yeah, it doesn't really work then. Because I was thinking you could the, the, for names for the spin-off, the inevitable spin-off podcast <laughs> that you two launch next season
2: from the storm dome bleachers. Yeah, there yeah, you go. from the
1: from the, the pull out stand because um, yeah. it's, it's it's only temporary because most of the week it is just a big huge hall at a Leisure Centre. But anyway, we we digress. Saturday, Dave, we did get to see Watford win at home at Vicarage Road, two nil. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with one and a half goals for Jar Pedro, um, even though one <laughs> of them was given as an own goal. What do you remember? It's been a few days. Did anything? Because you know, there's this thing about a game. What stuck with you?
0: Well, it was an interesting day because, as we've alluded to, you know, the season. Sort of feels like it's gone. Although, as is always the way, they just keep hanging on. Just, just a little tiny bit of shred of, of of what if in the back of your mind. But it was sort of fairly routine victory. We, we neither team. I was, I was actually with some Bristol City fans before the game and after the game. They weren't impressed. That impressed with Watford, and they weren't that impressed with. With what their lot had to provide either and it was sort of 2-0 but it wasn't an outstanding game it wasn't even the goals were as you say an own goal and pedro's goal was a nice but a keeper probably should have done a lot better with it um but spare a thought for my bristol city supporting friends who had to queue for an unexpectedly long amount of time to pick up their tickets from the uh sort of box office bit up at the vicarage road end and they got into the Vicarage Road end, pop the heads out of the concourse. The first thing they saw was the ball smacking off their defender's head and going into the goal. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, <laughs> that's called timing. Love it. Love it,
1: because uh, it was a goal for Watford, of course. Mike, you know, that performance we did, I suppose we we talked about it last week, but you know, the positives to take out of it is that we had another youth academy graduate playing a substantial number of minutes, not quite a full game, but he almost made it. Um, Ryan Andrews, and he did pretty well, Really?
2: Yeah, he did. I thought he looked um, he looked the part. I mean, it's, it's important to to, to contextualise the game. It was it was two teams with very similar records really so far this season, wasn't it? And they and they looked that way, sort of both of them anchored in in mid table. That's that's what it felt. And uh, and Watford got the goals, and then actually I thought probably did a reasonable job of keeping Bristol City at arm's length. For the, for the most part. But yeah, Ryan Andrews, I think if you ask most Watford fans, if you ask this Watford fan, which is what you're doing, I think is the, he was the, the standout highlight for the day. And you'd still get that really good buzz, that little increase in atmosphere, that little crackle of, of sort of excitement and enjoyment when you, there's an academy graduate plays at Watford. I think it does mean a lot to us as Watford supporters. I'm sure it does up and down the country as well, but it seems to be happening less and less. So when it does happen, it's really pleasing, and even more pleasing when he goes on to have a decent game. I thought he played well at, at, at Coventry uh, on on Monday, and then he's followed that up with a really, really impressive showing. He not shy at all, was he? He was getting getting into getting into forward positions as well, heading heading down the flank, as I'm sure Chris Wilder had, had asked him to do, asked him to do and given him licence to do. And I think he, yeah, he picked up the baton and, and ran with it. I thought it was a thoroughly impressive. Um, performance and I was sat behind Wayne Andrews at, at Coventry um, I'm sure he, uh, uh, he enjoyed that game and I'm sure wherever he was sat for this one he enjoyed his, uh, seeing his lad in action as well really really it quite, it's quite thrilling quite exciting and definitely the uh, the biggest plus point I think of the day for me
1: yeah I love just seeing his sort of development like you can see cautious sides to him away at Coventry, but there there wasn't really that this time. He got caught out a couple of times he did. really early on, but he dealt with that he' learned to deal with it, and he didn't make he wasn't like he got bombarded by the bristol city
0: well right, that, left I used to say card. that uh, early on it did seem to me as is always the case with these often as is often the case when a young player breaks into the first team, particularly a defender. It did look to me like Bristol City targeted him because mm, yeah. they were they were they were putting a lot of diagonal balls across over to his side, and it's, apart from one or two, like he got his head to every single one of them. He dealt with every single one. of them. Positioning was good, even if the player did manage to bring it down and go down the line again. He sort of he saw them to the byline, managed to get blocks on some of the crosses, or at least make it difficult for them. So he he, he really, I think he did the basics really well. It is funny though. I thought I was thinking this after the game. He got man of the match, I think, voted man of the match on the old uh, club's Twitter poll after the game and stuff. And, you know, I don't begrudge him that at all. I think he played really well and why not give it to him? But it's funny, really. A youth player just has to come in and not make a mistake, really. And they're going to get a standing ovation and Mm. kind of get all the plaudits. And again, that's a great thing for their confidence and stuff. But... You know, I don't know. I, uh, on balance of actual performance in terms of what every single player did on the pitch, I don't know. Was he the best one? Probably not the best player necessarily on the in terms of his contribution to the victory. But it was great to see him speak really well after the game as well. If he can make a you know an impact and properly become a proper Watford player, then that will that be brilliant.
1: Yep, and we know where we're going to be next year, which feels like it's going to be the championship. We never know. We might get a few more of them getting those opportunities to develop and to to play a couple of games in a row to get them better. Because we saw with James Morris, you know, we knew he had something in him, but we didn't really see it previously. But he had a good little run of games, and you know, you start seeing these these. Adult footballers uh, grow in front of you. And I did say to Dave because we did have a, a discussion about ages, didn't we, Dave? And there was a substitution <laughs> yeah. that was off goes Ryan Andrews, on comes Espria. I just had to give Dave a bit of a dig, saying if you add up their their ages, Dave, you're still older than both of them I together. I <laughs> know. I know. Well, I was
0: sitting next to Kieran. I was sitting next to Kieran at the game, and we were talking about Wayne Andrews, and I was saying, I think I'm pretty sure he played in either the first or second games I ever went to at Vicarage Road, and we were sort of looking back at his record and stuff, and I think, unless I'm mistaken, I I don't think there's been another player whose dad I've seen play for Watford. Obviously, there has been a few more years, years gone by. Probably you two had a few of those, but I think that might be the first one. So, yeah, yet another sign of the inexorable March to the Grave, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this podcast, we, were, we, we had a bit of a, not a
1: serious podcast last week, but we were, we were dealing with what we felt were big issues about the fact, you know, what did Watford have to do to become the club we want them to become? What the thing they need to sort out? So I said, look, so, therefore, this week we're going to have a bit of fun. And Dave's part of the Football Cliches podcast, which you can get, of course, wherever you get your favourite podcast from. And it's one of my favourite podcasts to listen to. Not just because you, Dave, it's a good podcast uh, as well. But it's just those fun little conversations that you have in the pub as fans. And this is what, at the moment, Mike, I'm calling trying to put together the most satisfying Watfordy season. That we could possibly have. I didn't want to say perfect because that would guarantee winning every game. Perfect would be, you know, getting winning the league and all that sort of stuff. And, I, and that doesn't quite feel Watfordy, not quite anyway. So for you, if I said the most satisfying Watfordy season, what do do you have one in mind, or is there a thing that you think
2: that define what is a Watfordy satisfying season? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think if it's satisfying, it's by def- definition probably not Watfordy. Because at the, although that said, that said, we're probably we're probably lumping in. Dave mentioned this earlier. We we're, we're lumping in Watfordy with Spursy, which is being not very good because we haven't been very good um, in in recent memory. But then, really, if over the over the the piece over history, what Watford have been remembered for, it has probably been upsetting the odds a little bit, hasn't it? The, you know, the mm-hmm. under Graham Taylor twice under Andy Boothroyd, uh, and then the. Uh, the the Pozzo era and it's certainly in its sort of first five or six years we we've been bloodying noses haven't we since since 1881 if you like and I think if you you Watford are probably remembered for for more of that than 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 what we feel which is a bit oh that's Watfordy that we've let another two goals two two goal lead slip so I think if I the the ultimate Watfordy season would probably let's say best of both worlds we unexpectedly get close to promotion, but then agonisingly fall short.
1: Okay, well, we're talking about the outcome of this season nearer the end. That might be your way of going about things. <laughs> but do you, do you have a season in particular, Mike, that, you're, that you think of as ticking a lot of a real season, not this make believe one we're going to put together?
2: I think they. I think the playoff season under Graham Taylor when we went up uh, at Wembley. What was that? Ninety-eight, ninety-nine under Graham Taylor at um, at, at Wembley when we we went up. A because. To see your team win at Wembley, I think, at that stage, certainly still was one of the holy grails for for a football, you, for you a football supporter. You sound like you're
1: picking your best season, Mike.
2: No, no, I'm, I'm going to get, so why to, to, and get to one. OK, go on then. Because I missed out on the first Graham Taylor era, really. I I was just old enough to come um, for the tail end and, and basically saw us relegated as soon as I started going frequently. And when Graham Taylor came back and we had that incredible run to the playoffs, um, that incredible um, two-legged playoff against Birmingham and then the win against Bolton. It felt like I was getting a second chance to live everything that I'd heard about again. All that Watfordy stuff that I'd heard about for the generation just a couple of years older than me that had experienced I felt I was getting it again. It just felt we were the underdogs. No one expected Watford really to go up to the up to the Premier League. I think there were probably question marks over over Graham Taylor coming back and could he do it again? He was he was obviously um, back in the day. He was he was sort of chastised as a long ball merchant, wasn't he, and all that sort of thing. So I think perhaps everything thinking, oh you know times moved on since then. What can Graham Taylor do? And I remember at full time at Wembley, Graham Taylor did, and the the final whistle goes and he just sort of he just nods and smiles and gets up there's no there's no massive um there's no massive celebrations he's not punching the air it's just that quiet assured delight in a in a job well done and it, that for me feels kind of i don't know it, for me it, it it feels like the Watford that I I why I love Watford do you know what I mean it's that that yeah. season had it had it had it all and it is one of the best but it's also the most watfordy because it had Doubt about it. Were we going to get into the playoffs? And then we did get into the playoffs. And uh, and GT was there. And it we ultimately we I think we upset the the apple cart and we upset the the performance on the day really because if you watch that back, Bolton probably should have been ahead before before we we were. Ida Good Johnson had loads of decent chances. So I think we blooded noses again that season. Uh, and then we uh, we got it done. And yeah, it just felt like I was getting another stab at that amazing. Watfordiness that I'd missed out on by dint of being too young.
1: See, I, I messaged a few people about this to sort of try and get make sure sort I of get a good gauge of it. By the way, the season we make will not be your most watford season. This is just the one we're going to make and discuss this evening. Two seasons came out. One was 96-97, Michael. So two years before yours where we were in the third tier and yeah. we just finished mid-table in the third <laughs> tier. Um, the other one I really liked about that one the other one for me was the 2011-2012 season, the Sean Dice season. Because, yeah. again, we punched above our weight for what we were. I wouldn't say we bloodied noses, but as a team, as a, as a thing, they came together and they could have, probably in a very similar position as we are now, could still, near the end of the season, get into the playoffs. But we're just—it was just a happy time because of maybe I'm I'm doing that because from this point of view there were no expectations in that season, um, and I think that one for me felt the most Watford. If I sort of averaged out since 1986, since I've been going, if I averaged it all out, that does feel more like a Watford season for me. Dave, what about you? What's your favourite Watfordy season?
0: I'm, I'm glad Mike tried to sort of define what Watfordy means there because I, I do feel and this is something we probably should talk about on football clichés pod if we if we haven't already it kind of feels like probably because of the widespread proliferation of the use of spursy by spurs fans and non spurs fans that sort of every club can just you know I'm watching Liverpool be Leeds on the telly at the moment. I bet, I bet Leeds is a thing. Well, doing a <laughs> Leeds is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. I bet, you know, I bet there's, you know, every club, oh, that's really Arsenally that was. Oh, you know, every club can just stick that letter on the end of their name and sort of as a means to describe, oh, uh, you know, what are we like, eh? And, and it's like, actually, for us, as you say, Mike, Watfordy, for me, is a good thing. It's like, it should be a pejorative like negative term, it's like the best of Watford is when we're Watfordy, as you say, bloodying people's noses, being the underdogs, beating the odds, and everyone having fun with it, I think. So um that's kind of how I'm approaching this thing. But I would just in terms of my ideal sort of season overall. Uh, it's similar to Mike's to be honest I think my sort of favourite season if i really had to choose one would be the promotion in 05-06 just because it's an age thing I was a bit older then I went to all the games went to the final I didn't make it to the final in 99 because I was a bit too young and I was away but I do think the best possible scenario for us really without you know obviously discounting this sort of wildly unrealistic proposition of like Winning the Premier League would be a really good championship season that we go up in the playoffs. Okay, We've, exactly. done, it, we've done it twice and we've, had, we've also experienced not going up through the playoffs and we know how bad that is. But I think being really good, having a good season, but still having that jeopardy of the playoffs and then hopefully having that grand day out at the end of it is the ideal scenario. Okay, ideal.
1: Oh, is ideal what we'll, we'll, we'll go. But just to so be clear, we are not defining these things, everybody. We're just having a bit of fun discussing different aspects and how we could, what it would feel like for us as what for fans. We really want you to sort of feed back to us and anything you come up. Got a couple of tweets and stuff to sort of fill into to all this. But Dave, you said it there, I, and I agree with you. This has to be in the championship, doesn't it?
0: I think so, yeah. I think because. Whilst I'm, as discussed many times over the years on the podcast, whilst I would always prefer us to be in the Premier League, because I think that's what football is all about in terms of trying to do your best and get up, get as high up as you can, there's no denying that when we have had those seasons in the Championship, where we're really good, so that the, you know, any of the promotion seasons or even some of the near misses for most of the season, that is, in terms of pure amount, pure, pure sort of... You know, minutes of joy that you get across the season, you get the most out of it when you're good in the championship because you win a lot of games. You're one of the better teams. You don't have to worry about going to Manchester City or that sort of Liverpool way and all of that sort of thing. And that is, I think, sort of pound for pound, the most enjoyable six months you can have as a Watford fan.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what everyone was thinking we were going to get this season, but it just hasn't happened that way, has it? So let's talk. So in Division Division Two, if you want to be in old money, or in the Championship, which teams, Mike? Which teams do you think has to be part of it? I'm going to say Daphne Luton because you need a local rival somewhere along the line. That's a good thing to have in this season. Who? What other clubs do you really feel would be part of this classic Watford season? This this yeah Watfordy season?
2: Sheffield United. I think they always they they always have to be there. We talk about the championship being. You're Dave. You're probably going to pull a, a stat out of your um, out of your backside about how we've been in, in uh, and we have we've been in the same division as Sheffield United less than any other of the 92 league clubs or something <laughs> in a minute. But it feels like we always get them on a, on the first day as well. If I close my eyes and I think right, Championship opening day, I can see uh, the rookery swathed in yellow, short sleeves. Um, loads of the new kit on display, and, and Watford winning one 0 against Sheffield United Derek, on the other. day. Derek Payne's
0: overhead kick, I think that was against Sheffield United <laughs> in August, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean we could do with Derek Payne this season, couldn't we? Really, but um, <laughs> at least at least his no how if, uh, if not his mobility, I'm sure he uh, he wouldn't mind me. Uh, he wouldn't mind me saying, but yeah, Sheffield United, Millwall, I think are always in there. Um, yeah, no, like you oh, say, not Millwall. I'd well, no, without them. It's not about who we want. It's about who's going to be there, isn't it? It's about who's going to be who's going to be waiting. And uh, yeah, I think if you just think, I think it's the first things that come into your head really about those about those sort of championshipy Watfordy seasons, isn't it? And and those are the ones that, that sort of stick out for me. They're not ones I'd necessarily look forward to, um, but I can just I just picture them in my mind's eye.
1: The I, I first two ones that came to mind for me. It's interesting you said about red. Um, Mike, on the first game of the season. Um, One I said was Oxford United. I half think that comes down from the 91 last minute goal that kept us up in the championship. Uh, That was, of course, very important at Oxford United away. My first game was there. But the first non-Oxford United, so I would like to see them again, of course, was Barnsley. I don't know why. I think there's that sort of Yorkshire team like Sheffield United
2: who... do we want someone? So, do we want for this, for the purposes of this, do we want the 23 teams who have played the most, uh, most in uh, most years in the championship? Not is for that this what, podcast, but is if that you could actually them, after, if you could find them, do you know what I mean? But yeah, that could be quite fun because then if we won that, if we went up in the playoffs or whatever that that season, that would almost be the sort of. The perfect because we'll have beaten all the average sides around us as well. The teams that have been sort of in that championship purgatory for for ages as well. That would feel like quite quite fitting, wouldn't it? Because when I'm imagining this, none of them are like games where you know when you've got a spare ticket and you say to your mate, "Oh, I've got a, a spare ticket for Watford. Do you want to come?" And you say, "Who are they playing?" And you go, "Oh, Port Vale at home." And they're like, "Oh, um, yeah, I think um, <laughs> no. I think the wife is um, the wife needs me at home," and I'm like. You, you haven't got a wife, mate. <laughs> do, you, do you know,
0: Mike? It's funny you mentioned Port Vale at home because I I once got let in by a steward for free when we played Port Vale at home. When I was about, I think I was about eleven. Had we get for free? You should have taken the went, ticket hire for instead
2: of pretending your wife didn't want you there. <laughs>
0: We just went along and asked on a Saturday afternoon. We just, about 10 minutes in, we said, can we come in? And they went, yeah, go on then. (laughs)
2: Absolutely (laughs) tremendous.
0: Do you remember the school day? they well, won Watford nil. I think, I think <laughs> yeah. it might have been nil nil. I think it might have been nil nil. <laughs> That's why he let him in for free. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've just looked at Watford archive website to see if it, they've got a stat there, and I can't figure out who Watford played the most. I'd have to spend send it on send, spend it on. Maybe Matt can, can get in touch and tell us what would be the twenty three most te- teams that Watford have played
0: the most. So I, I think I, another thing we need to we need to have if yeah. we're having this sort of this if we if we can choose our sort of ideal scenario mm. is. Yeah, some of those teams that... You want the those there's the comfort of some of those teams that Mike has, has mm. mentioned. Yeah, your Millwalls, your Sheffield United, your championship sort of regulars. Mainstays. Yeah. yeah, mainstays, yeah. I want a couple of good away days that I like. So my personal favourites are QPR and Nottingham Forest. Good. Um But I, I like having, you know, like a club like Leeds or even a Newcastle or even like a West Ham, a big club that's found itself in the doldrums, it's in the championship, and it's not at its strongest. But it, there's still a bit of a bit of a lure to the fixture, and the fact you could go to Ellen Road, perhaps, and w- w- batter them as we as we did, um, you know, a few years. Was it under Malky, I think we went there, or, or, or no, it was under. It was in the, the Pozzo Zola season. Yeah, wasn't totally, we went yeah. up there and absolutely battered them. And that I like. I like a big club that's fallen on hard times that you can go and you can really have a chance of having a good yeah. day out at a big stadium and winning.
2: I think we can have one of those, but all the rest have got to be ones that your mates, your non-supporting mates, would absolutely not take a free ticket to go to. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a good definition.
1: But Mike, we know how our mates might feel about some of the games we're playing, but what about the media, the outside world? Do you think they see us as underdogs or an outside bet?
2: I I think I quite like it really when all but one, perhaps, has sort of paid no attention to us and sort Uh of just sort of mentions this in passing because they have to do it pre-season, they go through all the teams in the division. I like, it feels to me that Watford going under the radar is, A, it's really good fun, and B, it's sort of, for me, and there's absolutely no scientific backing to this at all, but it feels like that's potentially when we, when we do our best, going back to, to spring in a few surprises. So I'd quite like us to be, not rank outsiders, but the surprise package. But what I would what I'd quite enjoy is if one pundit did single them out? Said, "Oh, I quite like what they've done in the summer transfer market. They have bought him in. They've given Bakuna another deal. He's still there <laughs> after five years on. After uh, after coming as a as a free agent, um, Scott Loach has come back. He knows the place. A very, very some very <laughs> canny, some very canny signings there from uh, from new Watford manager Mike Parkin. And I think hopefully they're going to um, they might upset a few. And then the other guy goes, "Oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about, mate. They're going to be absolute useless. So I want that one person to sort of." pick them as a, as a black horse and then for us to sort of be able to go yeah well done mate you were the one that you were the one that said it but overall i think it is i want us to be sort of flying under the under the radar not dismissed completely as no hopers but sort of just not even not even mentioned so not 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 even touted as as, as going down fodder just not mentioned i think you'll find the expression is dark horse mike i
0: think the black horse is very much
2: the uh the <laughs> the logo of lloyd's bank all <laughs> oh, right, tells you what I've got on my mind at the moment, doesn't it? remortgage time, yeah.
1: Um, but what about when you turn up on that first game of the season? What kind of reconfigurations might you see at the stadium, Dave? What's what's the classic thing to see?
0: Yeah, just on the last point, I think right. again, Mike is. Perfectly playing into my oh uh, five oh six and 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 indeed his ninety nine both those seasons I don't think anyone would have had us predicted to to be anywhere near the top six let alone promotion and we sort of you know we came through the pack on, on both occasions so it suits us perfectly any time there are, there is expectations on us from it, either externally or as we're much seeing at the moment internally it never really goes well for us it doesn't seem but in terms of the stadium I think this is it's always. This is one where it's always tempting to kind of think back to what it looked like when you first went or how you you first enjoyed it when you were when you were young or whatever but I think I actually wouldn't change anything I think the stadium is as good now as it's ever been and I really like it I like the artwork I like the murals just the color the whole thing the Elton John stand Graham Taylor stand and Swanson stand all great and I think the only thing I'd change and you two I'm sure would agree with this is just find the way to bring back the uh, that scoreboard
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah it'd be so good what about you Mike what's the most important thing you would see on your arrival at Vicarage
2: Road so i've got two actually and one of them's actually come to fruition in recent weeks and that is the next next home game board oh yeah and there's there's one outside on the vicarage road and there's now one on on the vicarage road side uh, uh sorry on the occupation road uh side of the ground on the Elton john just next next home game is whoever at 3pm i used to absolutely adore those um old school posters that were over that sort of almost um, fat felt tip writing. Mm. Um, they were they're so evocative to me. So I, to to see those back um, was was great. And if they weren't there, that's what I'd be be wanting for. But what I love uh, and at, at the start of a season is coming in and you see in sort of potentially a random part of the of the of the stadium or uh, a random part of the of the ground of that particular stand. There's a brand new block of seats. And so they've replaced a, a block of red seats with brand new shiny red seats. But they haven't done the ones to the left and they haven't done the ones to the right. There's probably about um, 75 or so that have been, been replaced with shiny seats and they stand out an absolute mile. And they make all the other seats look absolutely terrible. And you, what you realise then is how faded the others are. Um, but yeah, that, uh, watch out for that at the start of the uh, next season.
1: <laughs> Dave, what about the kit? I know it's going to be yellow, the home kit, but what kind of what, what would be the ideal kit
0: for this season we're talking pure about? Pure yellow. Not just any old yellow. Bright, pure yellow with as little uh, to get in the way of that as possible. I don't want stripes. I don't want hoops. <laughs> I don't want a fade. <laughs> I want yellow. And I'll allow a little bit of black trim and a collar. And I want red shorts
2: and red socks. Ah. You're, you're taking me back to the Vialli season here, Dave. Yeah, that was all was yellow. Yeah. And it was dreadful. What are you doing, yeah, Great kit, though.
1: I like the all complete. Yeah, I don't like this the stripes, the hoops, the whatever you want to call it. I, I, I agree with that, but I do like a sort of little subtle, not overly um, imposing pattern in the yellow within the yellow. Okay. I think there's that. That feels a, a bit little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of texture to it. Not like the extreme thing when Manchester United had like the entire um ground in the background nothing extreme like that definitely nothing like the last promotion season with that sort of black and yellow we've got sun. that at the moment haven't we but there is a one this season yeah i'm gonna say mm. that's what i like about it a little bit of color on the side or a little bit of color on the on the sleeves or something just you know it's not pure pure yellow like that that toshiba one i think that you're thinking of dave with a mm. with a quite high collar mike what about the away kit is it just going to be a weird purple or what, what do you think? This no, will, absolutely I not.
2: I, w- I wonder whether we can sort of buck a trend for this season and go for these sort of solid colours like Dave alludes to there without this sort of um, detailing and texture. Just go for those old, old school blocks. Be proud of your colours. And that's your, you don't need a, um, a complimentary palette and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> you just have your club colours and you whack them on the shirt. Um, that said, <laughs> go on, Dave. What, 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 do, you th- what do you think?
0: should be our away colors cuz well I'm going I, to tell you. I I I <laughs> I'm always you. I, got more then, I always wish I wish that every club in in football had designated away colors so they yeah. change the design but the colors are always the same you know everyone knows and there are some clubs where you can kind of Associate that with more than others, you know. I think like I always think of like Arsenal classic away kit as yellow and blue, mm, in some in yeah. some way, but
1: that's from yeah, a long know. time ago, really. And I know they go back it. to it though, they go back to it every so often, don't they? Yeah, you know, we now what, live what in what the world of be? third kits. Don't we? What, what would ours it? be?
2: I think ours should probably be with that nod to history, should be blue, a nice, yeah. a nice blue and white, kind of like the, the one we've got this season, but perhaps without that, that texturing, maybe just like a really solid blue with perhaps a little bit of white trim on the on the sleeve or something so modern but a little nod to the old school type kits maybe and and and, and that's that's referencing so you two basically want this season's kits (laughs) (laughs) Well no no because what I think what for our for this Watfordy season for this satisfactory satisfying Watfordy season it's, it's obvious it has to be white
1: yeah I think you're right. I had I had white, and again, I know that's my original away kit colours for the first three kits I had. So that's the one I think I've seen the most. We've had green. We've had the amazing blau punk punk purple punk Punk punked. Was it purple or was it like oh, a red? green?
2: Green and purpley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, other, I love I love one
1: other... that's a bit different. But I think that whole thing, like you say, Dave. You know, in, in American sports. Your away kit is all the same. Every single team, it's in baseball, they all wear grey with the name of the city across their shirts. In American football, the team in white is the team playing away. And I love that, that sort of consistency of days of yore. Um, so I like that idea. But I i, I had white as my most Watford well, colour I've seen the most, at least, in it all. Um, but what what's the brand we're going to see on the shirt and I, I've done this is you guys can choose from this what I did was I went on to Google Maps and I walked myself virtually down Clarendon Road and then I went over to Tall Pits Lane where there's all the industrial I say. And I try to find what are I'm not going for little clubs and little businesses should I say I'm going for the big businesses that I've got headquarters in Watford because there are quite a lot so you can choose which one do you think is the most likely to be on this Watfordy kit that we've talked about TK Max, the shop owner's Ralph Lauren. Now, I don't think there's a Ralph Lauren shop in Watford, but there's definitely the headquarters is based on Clarendon Road. Yeah, the no. National Lottery, Weatherspoons, or Wenzel's The Bakery. Which one do you think feels <laughs> the most Watfordy, y Dave. Stop <laughs> Ralph Lauren, we know that
0: much. It's an unenviable <laughs> list, really. They can't have Ralph Lauren on your shirt. No. It wouldn't look right. You know what? Of all of those, TK Maxx. I don't like the way it looks, mm. and I don't like their logo that like the much. When's the bakers? You're into Happy Egg Company territory. There, <laughs> yes. you, you get mocked all around. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind the
2: little lottery. They still have this, this, the crossed fingers. Is that still the logo? Of the lottery yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah, sort of sums up sums up our approach to most seasons, doesn't it? Well, let's uh, got a couple of spare quid in the pocket. Let's give it a go. See what happens. Probably won't win, but it'll be enjoyable for an hour while we wait for the draw. So yeah, I reckon I reckon the national lottery worked, worked, worked quite nicely. I mean, there is something um, rather modern about TK Maxx as well. It, mean, it, it would a- right? it would also mean
0: that nobody in Luton would ever win the lottery ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a, yeah, they'd never buy a ticket Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, but I do like the fact that we're we're rubbing, rubbaging around in the bargain basement sales in when it comes to the transfer window so it might be quite nice to have tk Maxx on there because people <laughs> rummaging around for for bargains in in there as well perhaps we could have tk max during the transfer window and then revert back to um revert back to national lottery afterwards so we've done our bargain buying now fingers crossed that they come good how about that
1: okay yeah. we can change sponsors who someone did that didn't they With the movies in spain Every week, a oh, couple yeah. of weeks, different movies. Atletico didn't they? Madrid was it Atletico Madrid? Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was a long time ago. So you mentioned there, Mike. The, the, the transfers coming in. What makes? And I don't want to talk about specific, you know, players particularly. But what do you think has to be included? The types of players that need to be in this transfer window.
2: We've signed a. What we'll have done is we'll have signed a couple of people that everyone's heard of that have done well in the championship. But a long time uh, ago. And then we'll summarily fail to do anything um, when they pull on the pure yellow of Watford that uh, emblazoned with the National Lottery slash TK Maxx. And what will happen is it's someone that we didn't expect to come to the fore. Like so, if we've signed strikers, which I reckon we might have done, let's say for the sake of our uh, argument, like an Ashley Barnes type figure, we've sort of gone right. He's annoyed everyone for 20 years. He's an, he's scored he's scored goals against us. Let's get him so he's our annoying mosquito. Um, and he and he scores one in thirty eight outings. And what actually happens is one of our midfielders, who was a bit crap last season, scores quite a few goals and fills in that gap, and that allows us to do that Watfordy thing of being the underdog and sort of propelling ourselves up to the up to the playoff positions. Because the ones that we thought were going to do it didn't, but the ones we already had under our nose step up and they get their nose to, nose to the grindstone. Is that even the, even the right <laughs> phrase? I'm very, very tired. Um, and as inarticulate as ever. But that's what, that's what happens. So we bring in a few recognisable names, but I'm sorry, they just don't cut it.
1: I, I, I see the recognisable names bringing them in, but they are, they're on their way down, out yeah. of their, 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 their peak. Well, if
2: it's Ashley Barnes, they'd definitely be on their way down. Well, yeah. of wind. And that well, the first one I came to,
1: when you said that, I thought Crystal Wellamoo and Carl Dickinson. And actually, that Sean Dice transfer window yeah. um, was uh, was was really, really Watford-y. Um, no, Craig Forsyth, you know, if the Potts hadn't turned up... You know, he's paid over 250 times a derby. But yeah, yeah,
2: still going strong.
1: Like, and he would have done that for us if he'd stayed around. But in the same time, I like the idea of signing uh, like someone like Joe Garner, who is this striker who's... Got this potential, but then they don't really, really work out. But that might actually include a really nippy winger, but again, very one-dimensional. Really, really quick, can get down the wing, but just don't really finish anything. Yeah, Can't be- really get the ball across.
2: Beats a man once every ten weeks, but it's enough for everyone to say, "Oh, get it out to him! Get it out to him!"
1: <laughs> yeah, Dave. Who, what other signings do you
0: definitely need to, that we need to have in this season? Well, I think we do need to just lift our expectations slightly. I don't think you know <laughs> we would like some players to come in and do well. Although I see what Mike uh, and you are getting at. But obviously, the whole transfer picture is hard over the last sort of ten years with the potzos and stuff. I wouldn't. I, I don't mind a few Udinese loanees because we've had our a, a fair share of them have, have turned out to be to be really good players. And there's a few cult auditions in there as well. You know, you cassettes and Vidras and. Or you know even like even like your foresty and batocchios and all that. So I'm happy with a smattering of, of low knees. If they come from Huddersfield Daisy, then all the better for it. But I do like it if we we're in the championship with this season, when we've gone out and we've signed players sort of from not 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 big money, so not like Nathan Ellington style, like big expectations, but players that we've spent a bit of money on. You go just so so there's, there's a bit of. You know, it's not like bar- complete bargain basement freebies, but there's also not sky high expectations. So spending, I think, what was it, four hundred and fifty grand on Darius Henderson, or picking up Marlon King, who had a you know had had some bit of a bit of an up and down time before it, but we came into us and he did really well, or signing, you know, even even Danny Graham, like mm. spending a bit of money on players that can come in and kick on. So it's a bit. Two million th- max a bit of money do you think on a player well in these in this day and age it probably is you know, Christ, we spent five million on a reserve goalkeeper who's played once, I think. So, I think it's it's a little bit different to okay. the time the time I'm talking I'm so, about. I'm so sorry, one point
2: seven five mil. That's that's yeah, that's, that's the that's the absolute sort <laughs> I, of. I do like a 0.75. You don't get that enough <laughs> nowadays, do you? I love yeah, a yeah. 0.75, Yeah, <laughs> too many undisclosed
1: these days. Tell us the points. Tell us the points of these these deals. Um, w- what about this season? How's this season going to sort of pan out? Now, the ebbs and flows of a season are very, very important. And Wirral Hornet, Steve, he centres in what he thinks this needs to happen. See if you agree with this. Firstly, he said, and many people said this, and this is, again, I think this is the the, the the problems of the last few years. He wants one head coach. I don't want a head coach, actually, Steve. I want a manager. I want one manager for the entire season. He says, we first of all, we win the first six games. Then we lose the next five. We lose one nil to the bottom club. But win 2 0 against the top club. A striker, one of our strikers, will get 20 goals across the season. We win the league doing the double over Luton, Bournemouth, and Norwich. Now, I like that quite a lot. I think that does feel very Watfordy. I said, I don't think we would win necessarily six. I reckon we'd win six out of the first eight. There's got to be a couple of draws in oh, there at God least. It.
2: This is not, that's not Watfordy, is it? A Isn't pass- it? Well, no, no, but, then, but, then, but then October so. and
1: September would be, like, would be like very draw heavy. November would be rubbish. We wouldn't get a point in November. We'd have a nice little peak at Christmas with a couple of, you know, the, the Christmas week's really good for Watford. January gets this slight, like, we get some wins and draws. March is amazing. Yeah, we have a great March that gets us on this run, as you guys have been talking about. But we sort of just about get some wins and draws in April, getting us into May. But we do get there and we do get in the playoffs. So I think I wouldn't necessarily think that's why I think you're right. Six, six at the beginning of the season is a little a little too much. That's why I want to break it up with maybe one loss and maybe a couple of draws. Let's say, yeah, six out of the first nine.
2: I do love the losing to the bottom team because that is absolutely, <laughs> and that'll be Yeovil, by the way, um, uh, or or it would have been Scunthorpe. I mean, hopefully they make their way back. Just relegated out of the conference, by the way, which goes to show, you know, Watford were playing Scunthorpe in the not too distant distant past. Now they've they've dropped out of the out of the out of the conference into. National League North. It just shows what, what can happen. The Torquay down there as well. But yeah, I think Watford will definitely lose to to the bottom side. It will be a team like Yeovil. It will probably be on New Year's Day or Boxing Day. Um, <laughs> and it will be a game that is... Um, the only thing memorable about it is very misty, but it's that very cold mist. So you don't get wet, but you feel like you've been rained on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I can so absolutely that'll be, feel that. Yeah. So that'll be that down at Hewish Park or or wherever it is. But I think that we'll what will happen is we'll win... The first game at home, Sheffield United in the sunshine. Yeah. And then it'll be just a bit up and down, bit of up and down. We'll have a little run before the Christmas holidays that puts us sort of back in contention for the playoffs. Then everyone's back for the holidays, gets their family together. Oh, should we go and watch Watford? They're doing all right. They're playing really well. They've got Yeovil. They've definitely beat them because they're bottom. Um, They've got some other really good games. They've got the the game against the other uh, Premier League team that's come down that Dave was talking about. They've got this good clutch of games over Christmas. Everyone's back. Bumper crowns. We lose the lot. (laughs) <laughs> um, because that's what Watford do. Whether there's a full house, big crowd, whether it's kid a quid, whether there's some promotion, whatever, the best you can hope for is a one-all last-minute scrambled equaliser draw at home to York. That's the best it ever gets. Um, but they'll lose over Christmas. Um, all the sort of Johnny Come Latelys will wilt away again. They'll have an indifferent start to the year, but then, like you say, Johnny, it'll be a uh, they'll build up a head of steam into the playoffs um, and to infinity and beyond.
1: Dave, yeah, we are we we have been talking about this. We are seeing Watford go for a, a playoff run here. When, when do we get into that position for you, Dave, and, and how do we get into it? Is it just consistency or do we have to have like a, a consistent, like the 98-99 the season where we had just that mega run at the end of the season? Do you think that feels the, the way that we, we have to do it?
0: No, I, I would prefer us to be, again, more like the 5 06 season and even like the Zola season in a way. Uh, to just to be, not you know we're not completely infallible. We're we're not we're not quite there. We're not quite good enough to get top two, but we we are solid playoff contenders all season. We're just because that guarantees you a level of enjoyment and then lot and lots of wins without necessarily getting completely carried away. It, get, it does leave room for, as Mike said, like the odd little. Sort of victory that will linger long in the mem. Uh, so the odd the odd defeat that will linger long in the memory. Oh, I was there when we went to Yeovil on Boxing Day and lost. That sort of thing. But you're still a good team,
1: Mike. You you said like for the first game of the season. Let's go for the big important ones. First game of the season. Um, you've said Sheffield United one nil. I had Barnsley or Rotherham. Clearly, we're playing one team that wears red. Not exciting
0: enough. You, no, were, it, you want you want it you want it you want oh. it to be someone good enough so you're like oh yeah that's interesting. That's first day of the season,
2: though, Dave. It doesn't yeah. matter who. It's, it's, you, your excitement should be at fever pitch, regardless of. No, your but when you surely. when you look at that fixture list in June,
0: the June the twenty fourth or wherever it is when it comes out, you do you don't want to. I don't want to look at it and go mm, Barnsley. Now, I, I, I want it to. I want it to be. I don't want Rotherham first day of the season. That can wait. Who do you want then? Well, I less kind of less about. A specific team. Hmm. I want them to be of, su- of, of of sufficient standing, so I go, oh, yeah, that's all right, that's all right. I want us to definitely be favourites to win, though, because like th- before the start of this season, I was a bit like, oh, that's three really tough games to start: Sheffield United, and West Brom, and Burnley. Oh, that could be tricky. So I want I want us to be I want there to be a level of comfort, but I also want to be excited yeah. by it as well. So we, we we? when we beat we beat Bolton three uh, 0 was it in 2014-15 yeah. uh, which set us off nicely.
1: Okay, so you, you, you basically want you want a former big club, so they got a little bit of a name around them, but yeah. at the moment they aren't amazing, so they yeah, have a yeah. better chance of us winning. Yeah. Okay. A bit got of that. a bit yeah. of
2: cachet, but they're crap. Yeah. A <laughs> bit of, bit of crapay about them.
1: <laughs> yeah, we want a crapay club. Um, what about Boxing Day, Mike? It's a really think, important I, game. You've told, it's not going to be a, a win, apparently, from uh, what our Christmas. No, it's, uh,
2: if, and if, if, it's not, um, if it's not the sort of, the Yeovil fixture, which is... Or New that Year's sort Day. Of, yeah, if it's not that, it'll be what, what the authorities think is a, like a really palatable, like almost Derby. So it could be Reading, it could be Millwall. QPR. No, it wouldn't be QPR because there is a bit of spice around that one. It'll be one that means absolutely nothing to either set of supporters. So on the on the face of it people might if you if you say it's Reading or or Millwall for example on the face of it people say well oh, that's a good one they're close together yeah, that that'd be a good one for boxing day. Both sets of fans are like no. <laughs> that, is, well, that is never appalling. an appealing time to go to Reading. ever. No. Which no. is why it'll be be that because Boxing Day is a marquee fixture still isn't it? It's still seen as one that is is one to yeah. be looked forward well, to. As
1: Dave said, the men that come out, you want to see, I, I do look for the first, I look for the last, and I look for Boxing Day. These are the, these are the first three fi- fixtures I pretty much always look for. Or I look for when we're playing certain teams. If I know we're going to be playing loose, and when are we playing them, let's say. Dave, what about. Oh, see, I was going to For the last game of the season, my idea was to go for a. What do we call it again, Mike? A,
2: cra- a... <laughs> team with cachet that are no, crap.
1: Crape. A, a crape. A crape team. I thought that was how we finished the season. I don't think we can do both. So are we playing, do you think, a a simpler Barnsley or Rotherham? Is that better at the last game of the season? Just to not necessarily make it a tough game if we want to get there for the playoff confirmation.
2: Dave Dave doesn't want to play those guys at all. He is is trying to rewrite them out of existence. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've been to to Oakwell. I went to the old Millmore. I've 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 had... I've had
0: enjoyable experiences at both, but I, I wouldn't have them as my last day of the season. Okay, who are we having then? I want a good away day, a oh. good away day in the sun on the last day of the season. Okay. I want to start the season at home always, but I, I don't mind if we finish the season away. You know, like was the what was the last game of the season right when we won the, the title at Fulham? Yeah, that yeah. was that was last day of the season, wasn't it? I, mean, I don't know. I know Brighton wasn't the last game of the season. But, we but away. It, had, it felt like it was because it was a promotion clinching day and that sort of thing. I, I don't mind a, a decent away day to a nice ground. So I, we're not far off it with getting Sunderland in the penultimate game this season. I wouldn't have minded if that was the last day of the game of the season this year. So I think a good, good away day to a decent club, decent stadium, bit of a journey. Hopefully the sun is shining. You can go there with expectation and hope that something's on the line. And it can again, it can be a memorable I was there when we went to this place, and amazing an amazing thing happened.
1: Okay, I, I, I when you start talking about that, I went. Yeah, you know, have to go beyond Birmingham, so Stoke yeah. might be quite a nice sort of distance mm. to go to. I don't think Derby. No, that's not really a fun trip.
2: Forest course. would be good.
1: Forest would be good as well, yeah, but not current Forest, and not say a, a positive Forest. Blackpool, but like an average.
2: Plenty There's to a go beach. Out.
1: And it'd be, it'd be sunny. It is yeah. the time to go to the seaside, isn't it? Yeah, let's go Blackpool. OK, let's do that.
2: <laughs> All right, we're booked. OK. Um,
1: but, we, we, of course, the, the cup runs are really also an important part of a season. Dave, League Cup. Is it, a, is it a long run in the League Cup?
0: I either want to go out immediately or get to at least the semi-finals. I don't want <laughs> anything in between. So if, I, round. if I'm going to have to endure those Tuesday nights... Wednesday nights against terrible opposition with both teams playing team full of reserves even more so than they do in the FA Cup I want to I want it to be for something so I yeah or if or just don't bother and just lose to I don't know Crystal Palace in the in the in the second round or whatever it is <laughs> and that's okay
2: Well I'll, t- I'll tell you what exact, exactly will happen in the League Cup we will slog our way through to a two-legged semi-final which is of course designed to make sure that only the biggest Uh, And most well-resourced clubs actually make it through to the showpiece final. So we will slug it out, playing Burton away. Um, We'll beat Stoke away. Then once you've won those first couple of rounds, you're in it. So you want to take it seriously. So then we'll scrap to a sort of home win with Reading. um, But someone gets sent off and someone gets injured, which then then coincides with our um, Christmas poor run of form because we're missing key individuals. And anyway, we scrap it out in the league. Cup And what's our reward? A two-legged semi-final with Manchester bloody City, which we lose 12 in on aggregate and then we're left wondering why the hell did we bother? <laughs> so that, happened in, that happens in the League Cup and I think FA Cup for me, hmm. I feel like Watford have never really fulfilled their promise in the FA Cup. I know we've got to two cup uh, finals um, and quite a few semi-finals, which for a club of our size, a town our size is... Is good, but for me, we feel like, and this probably isn't true, we probably haven't got knocked out at this stage that often, but Watford do feel like perennial quarter-finalists in terms of the overall, if you averaged it out, if that makes sense. Is that the sixth round? Yes. Okay, I I,
1: I have this as a fifth round. On on average, it feels like that. But I think, no, we could go there. If we're going to go to semis in, in one, we can't do it in both. So maybe we get Manchester United... In the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, yeah, we, that that'd be fine. Yeah, okay. That, I,
0: on my list, I had getting to an FA Cup quarterfinal at least because, okay, I actually think winning an FA Cup quarterfinal is possibly like the best, one of the best feelings in football. Now, I know winning a semi-final obviously is amazing, and we had that experience in twenty nineteen. But you sort of had it in the back of your mind that 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 was as good as it was gonna get. Like yeah, because we, we're gonna have to face Man City. Chances are as well that if you get to a final, you're lucky enough to get to a final. You are probably gonna be the underdogs. You are probably gonna come up against a, a, a good team. But winning the quarterfinal, it's still all ahead of you. You you can still dream a bit more. And, and but it also means it's like oh this is serious now. Like because going you know quarterfinal. It's not as big an occasion. It's like it could be at your ground as it was against us with Crystal Palace, but once you win it, like we did when we had that win against uh, Burnley uh, in two thousand and three, like it, 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 it's just a sweet spot. It's a nice sweet spot of all the emotions, and it's, it's, it's an amazing moment. Um, so I, I, yeah, I like a quarter final.
2: And you know, and you know, once you've won the quarter final, you know that you've got that sort of moment in the spotlight ahead of you as well. Yeah, all that, that, oh, that bit of coverage. There'll be an extra couple of pages about you in the in the papers or online, and and the and the correspondents and pundits that don't usually talk about you are going to be talking about you. And of course, this might be the time that one guy who stuck up for us at the start of the season, guy or girl, should I say, at the start of the season, who said, "Oh, Watford might do something this season." He can come, He or she can come up and say, "Well, there you <laughs> go. They were my tip. They were my dark. They were my black horse at the start of the season." <laughs> and um, uh, and unfortunately, in the semi final, they ran like a three legged donkey. And, and but yeah, so yeah, I, I I know exactly what you mean. And funnily enough, Dave, that that Burnley win was one of my one of my fondest uh, Watford memories because it's one that won't live long in the memory for anyone apart from a Watford sport. I remember it being on BBC. I think. And the game itself was was pretty scrappy. It's obviously Stephen Glass's free kick was was decent, but it meant so much to us, didn't it? Especially at that time. Yeah. And just knowing that then you've got the day out of a semi-final. And we talk so often about moments and but moments are wrapped up in days, aren't they? And when you get yeah. a semi-final, that is a day that you can just go and absolutely let rip with. You get all the band together, don't you? All your mates, you book the train. Uh, you get there early, you stay over, whatever you you all meet and and the, the sort of city wherever it is is given to kind of given to split in half, isn't it? And you know you've got big pubs that you can go to and stuff, and it, it's a real good day out. And it's kind of like for for a club like Watford, it's gen, generally a free hit, isn't it? So yeah, that's uh, it's a really good shout that. So we're, we're, we're hinting towards
1: 2002-2003 run there. So I think, OK, then if we're going to make it to the FA Cup semi-final because we've had a great uh, quarter-final game, then we're not going to do very well in the League Cup. I don't yeah. think we've ever done well in both. We'll
2: take that yeah. out on okay. Penster-Accrington. Okay. Boom.
1: <laughs> very late. Very, very late. Um, but let's talk about the, the, the sort of the stuff we do at the end of the season. Well, what about goal of the season? What for the goal of the season you know, we've seen some great goals. Some, you know, Vidra's goal against Leicester in that semi-final was just pure class from, from him, from his, for his turn and his volley, but the ball through to him from Cassetti. We've seen a great game also that season with the passing of the ball from here to here, to bang, to bang, pass, 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 pass. pass. Oh, and it's a goal. They were amazing to have as Watford fan, but they weren't particularly Watfordy. Do you think there's going to be a team goal or more of an individual goal that will win goal of the season, Mike?
2: I think it's going to be an individual goal and it'll come from an unlikely source, like a left back, Um, because it's it's this sort of alchemy that's just been sprinkled throughout this season that makes it so Watfordy and satisfying. It's stuff that you couldn't really write, you couldn't really make up, you couldn't do in training. The guy who scores this goal probably wouldn't do it again if he had the chance another hundred times, but I reckon it's probably going to be a left back. And it's going to be a corner that comes in probably a little bit overhit, so it comes to sort of just outside the edge of the penalty area, out right on the left-hand side, and he just smears it with his left foot, and it probably doesn't get higher than a foot off the ground, but it just flies in at about a billion miles an hour, invades <laughs> anyone. It's almost like you know in the Matrix where he he gets bullet time and he can get out of the way of the of the bullets. Well, the ball just sort of picks a pass through all uh, a path through all the defenders. <laughs> And you know, an inch here, a couple of millimeters there, through outstretched legs, but it just flies like an absolute rocket into the into the back of the net. I think it's going to be one of those, and it'll he's absolutely caught cool it clean as a whistle on the on the on the volley. It'd be one yeah. of those if you if if you, if a Brazilian did that, you'd be calling him Gerald, Gerard Lavinio or something. It? <laughs> it was, you, have you not basically just described a goal that we did
0: score? I can't remember whether he got goal of the season, and I actually can't remember the player's name, the left back who who also played for Cardiff. Oh, Andrew... In under Malky. Um, uh, Taylor. Taylor. Andrew Taylor. Andrew Taylor. Yeah, i no, he, sure he, he ran at, like that. Didn't,
1: didn't he run... It no, he scored a, a it was, he scored a volley. He scored a volley from like against
0: did. Portsmouth, I think. Or I it was from outside the box. Yeah, it
1: was from my outside the table. box. I was thinking, yeah. when you said defender winning it, Mike, I was thinking more like, which David has loved this season, the uh, Jeremy Ngakia run forward, Ooh. get forward, and in the top corner. I was thinking more like that. But I did feel, like you say, an un... Yeah, and not and someone you wouldn't necessarily think was going to be scoring that goal of the
2: season. And Gakia would be perfect. He would mm. fit the bill perfectly. He is the guy. And he's <laughs> he's just yeah, and cuz and also it's one way you feel happy that he's got it. Yeah. Cuz he's a oh, kind yes. of player that you think well you don't get your flowers every week every weekend week, in, week out. you haven't necessarily played every minute of every game. But we, we like you as, as as supporters, and it's we it's just nice for you to to get that moment. So yeah, I reckon it could be. And Gakia is the perfect example. Of and you want
1: is. to re- you'd want them to have a big grin, a big smile, like a, a face of amazement when they scored it as well. And you all they do you so, want it to be like just a hand in the air going, That's a really good score. No. thank you very much. What? No.
2: What I want them to do is put their hand just, they just put their hand up straight in the air, dead straight, <laughs> put, and they just walk. They don't run. They take it all in their stride. They've got their hand up in the air, drinking in the adulation. They've got that big smiley dream about you're talking about, John. I can just imagine it now and Gakia walking around like he owns the place, like he does it every single week, smashing in uh, volleys from 30 yards. Um, just hand up in the air, drinking it in. Yeah, that's, that's the goal for me. Come the, on, only, the,
0: only, the only criteria I have for this uh, and with with apologies to the current club uh, commentator John Marks, I just want Mike Vince to commentate on this goal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great shout! Well, okay, maybe we, that's what the club needs to do on the YouTube channel. Just get the mic to come in and just re- yeah. do them all again. Even though John did a good job beforehand. What about player of the season? My gut says again. Historically, it doesn't feel like we've given that that trophy to many strikers. Dave, do you feel the same? Or do you think it's always the striker who gets player of the season? I feel centre-back. Well, the I,
0: you know what? Really, uh, you're right. I think you make a good point. I think Watford do have a tradition of giving player of the season to a goalkeeper because <laughs> yeah. you've had such a terrible season and they're the ones that have had the most action and had the most opportunity to excel. I can remember you know, Kevin Miller won it a couple of times in the 90s. David Gomez has won, won, it, a it. won, won it. it a few yeah. times. Foster's won it a few times. Chamberlain... Yeah. So I think he's got to be a keeper, isn't it?
2: Yeah, keeper for me as well. definitely. Okay.
0: perfect. So we, we, we've
1: talked about we're going to be going into the playoffs. Where in the playoffs then? This, this, this. There. Where? How convincingly are we in the playoffs, Mike? Do you think we're going to be third, fourth? Because I would. I, until we had this conversation, I was I I had us finishing mid table, just above mid table, really. With a chance of the playoffs, but both of you said no. It really feels like we need to have this this playoff promotion. Are we just getting in, or are we convincedly in
2: there with a few weeks to go? I think initially we're looking at sneaking into sixth, but then the good run is so good that it ends up us being in fifth. Okay, Dave. I no.
0: I think I would prefer us to to finish either third oh. or fourth, so we get uh, the home leg second. Yeah, not happen oh, okay. this season though. I that's
2: think that's not fourth. how this season
1: works. I like fourth because I think if Surely we were not. third, well, if we had third, there there would be a massive element of not making second.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's not very Watfordy though, is it? Like to finish fourth, just to be comfortably ensconced in the playoff sort of picture, ready to prepare for it. I just when don't do we think we finish
1: that's... in oh six. I don't think that's a what We were season. third. We were third in six.
2: We were 06. third. Yeah, so we 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 blew up, didn't we? But and and I think getting in another sixth. were. Oh, sorry. You're thinking
0: eight, You're thinking eight. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Beg your pardon. Yeah. Which we were sick that season. Yeah.
2: Because we, we blew all
0: up. Because we did be very much all. blow up. Yeah. But then we were sick in in '99, weren't we? Because we had the Birmingham yeah. second leg on the penalties. That was the. That was the yeah, famous no. night. So it can work in your favour, I guess.
2: I, mean, I think that upward trajectory towards the lower reaches of the playoffs is what you're, you're looking at. Because the teams are in third and fourth, think about Watford away at Palace when they'd won 3-0. They were planning their trip to the Millennium Stadium already. Because yeah. they, they'd they been up there for so long in the season. It's a bit of a misconception, but... this. I remember, I, I, I granted, I actually
0: haven't looked at the data of the last 10 years. But when I did have uh, a spell in a not so distant previous life of doing um football league podcast we are going up um this the used, legendary to, be, we this are used going to be a up. thing every season this would come up and you'd get people on going yeah you know what you was to get a, you want to get that late run into the playoffs but if you looked at the data actually the teams that finished third they're they're the best teams and more often than not across a long, long period of time the ones that tend to go up but 06 we didn't have a great run in we won two out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two of the last seven. Yeah, I think because we did know that. Because we that was when we were practicing penalties on the pitch and we were doing we, all that stuff because we kind of knew that it was going to be playoffs.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. We did have that massive run, didn't we, in the middle, apart from the Leeds loss. So we had like January and February, pretty much we were on. We won every single game. Yeah, we'd got, we'd got so ahead, hadn't we? I suppose, yeah. So you'd prefer to have that, would you, Dave, to have the time to think about practicing for penalties?
0: Yeah, I'd be honest. I don't care. I don't care as long as we get in there.
2: (laughs) To hell with your historical facts and all your your data. (laughs) This is a Watfordy season. Facts do not matter one jot, one iota. It's all about. We. It's all done on emotion and a wing and a prayer and by the seat of our We just squeak into the playoffs and then we surprise ourselves by getting one little place higher. We end up in fifth on goal difference, probably. And then by one goal, and it was that Jeremy and Absolute Thunderbolt that, that did it. It's, it's Is all this your to... way,
0: Mike Is this your way, Mike, of saying we can still make the playoffs this season?) <laughs> <laughs> Go on, <You> Jeremy. Do... <laughs>
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So this, this has been lovely. I've actually enjoyed this, which is exactly what I wanted to do with this podcast. So we've got lots of different things there. We really want to hear your. You you probably been listening, and you had your idea when I mentioned it, and then Dave and Mike said something completely different. So do send it in at uh, podcast at fromtherookerend dot com. What you think we're missing from this satisfying Watfordy season? It's it should be uh, not too realistic. Let's say one foot in one foot in the real world world one foot in the uh the, the the mind of an imagination so we're looking at a season Mike where we've we've made it in the playoffs and we do get promoted um but it wasn't exactly a straightforward season which is I suppose what we 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 you, you desire you don't want you never really want perfection or do you Mike
2: no of course not if it's you don't a, want a Hemelstorm
1: storm season
2: if it's well, I, well, then, yeah. Actually, that said, if for the first time in my life I'm supporting a team that's winning every week and I'm absolutely <laughs> blooming loving it, so I'd, a straight line from A to A to B, with A being the start of the season, B being comfortable promotion of the championship, would of course be be lovely. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about what is a a, a sort of satisfying, happy Watfordy season, one that we can look at, look back on and reference probably when we're talking about this sort of thing in twenty years' time. Do you remember in? 2023-2024 season when this happened and then we thought that was going to happen and then that happened and then there was the Ngakia goal that did this and then oh, another goalkeeper got player of the season despite the striker, despite that midfielder scoring 23 goals which was a club record for a midfielder <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. So it, you want the, you want a bit of magic, you want the ups and downs, you want the peaks and troughs and you want that sort of, it does feel like a bit of a Watford legend really, doesn't it? That we, when we're underdogs that's when we kind of do our our best work and I think that's what's given us probably not the most joy because the Premier League the some of the stuff in the Premier League has been has been magnificent but those you can have that unadulterated fun can't you when you're the underdog and you come good against the odds or unexpectedly and it's it's such a elevated sort of joy when it's when it's unexpected and it feels to me that in the course of my Watford supporting life that's happened more times than I um, could have expected or ever uh, or ever really dreamed, and uh, to hope that that season happens again is uh, is what we all. That's why we do it, isn't it? It's why we're still. while well, we'll be there on uh, on Wednesday night, uh, and for for many seasons to come.
1: Mike, if you go to the WhatsApp group, um, Dave sent us the link to the Andrew Taylor uh, goal. It is basically what you've just said, but. It, I've forgotten, Dave, how he sort of falls to the floor with the biggest grin on his face. And I love that. That's, that's, it's almost the, the after bit for the goal of the season, I think, the, the, how they react to it. I, th- I think that was his first ever professional goal or something. So well, that's going
2: to be, that's G- Jeremy Ngakia is going to go G- into yeah, training the- tomorrow. And he's going, why am I just looking at YouTube videos of Andrew <laughs> Taylor, boss? What's going on here?
1: It's basically, it'll go down in the, in the history as, that's Jeremy Ngakia goal. Um, I think that's the most important about this one. Dave, anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, No, I've had a great time. Very enjoyable. Good. And hopefully we'll get a season somewhere near this next year after the couple of ropey seasons that we've had recently. Thanks so much. Do get in touch with anything you want to add to this. Uh, And, of course, we'll be back with a couple more podcasts because there's a few more weeks of the season left to go. Uh, And, of course, we've got a midweek game at home to Cardiff uh, tomorrow. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Come on, you horns. And we'll speak to you soon. Come on, you horns!